Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Well, I am very excited to talk to you today about something that is just incredibly important. And that is that forgetting doesn't fix anything. Forgetting or suppressing doesn't fix anything. So many times we think, well, if I just push it down or just try and forget it, it's going away. But unfortunately, it's not. And today, I'm going to talk to you about what that does in your brain and how we can rather deal with stuff than forget and push it away. But before we begin, I just want to remind you that these podcasts are for educational purposes and are not medical advice. And if you need medical advice, please consult with the correct medical professional. And one more thing, if you haven't already ordered my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, the same name as this podcast, well, jump in and get your copy. This is where I've got my latest clinical trials and where I teach about how to do the neurocycle in a very simple, practical way, where I talk about what mind management is. All the things I talk about on this podcast, the how-to are in this book. This is my pride and joy, and I hope that you'll get a copy and give me a great review, and I hope it will help you. I know it will. Everything I say is based on clinical research, and I think it's just so important that we that we don't, there's so much stuff out there that's just kind of, is it really science? Is it really based on evidence? Well, everything that I do is based on scientific evidence. And that's why I've included my clinical trials in this book. And in this book, you'll really learn how to get those thoughts under control, to stop that ruminating, to be able to feel like you've got control back over your life, to know what to do with anxiety and depression and all those kinds of things. So I hope you'll get a copy and I hope you'll leave me a good review and send me a comment or a feedback and let me know how it's helping you. And now, back to today's episode. Well, forgetting doesn't fix anything. See, things that we experience are real. They are so real that we actually build a real physical thought inside of our brain. And forgetting something isn't just gonna, it doesn't mean it's gone away. It means it's still there. And it means it still has energy and it's still impacting you. What does it mean that it is still there? Let's unpack that for a moment. Okay, so you are always using your mind. And as you know, for those of you that are just listening to me for the first time, your mind is not your brain. Your mind controls your brain. Your brain responds to your mind. So your mind is your aliveness. It's the difference between you being alive and you being dead. So your brain and your body are the physical 
And when you're dead, they just basically disintegrate. But because you're alive and listening to me and we're having this, this back and forth, you're listening to me and I'm talking to you, that's our aliveness. Our mind is our aliveness. This ability that we have to experience the things of life. As we wake up in the morning, we respond to our loved ones. We read our texts. We read an email. We get ready. We eat breakfast. We get to work. We have all these experiences at work. We have discussions. We have interactions. That's all driven by our mind. And how we're showing up in our life is driven by our mind. And everything is driven by our mind. So our mind is this incredible processing ability that we have to think and feel and choose in response to life's experiences. And as we respond, they don't just like fizzle away. It's not just a nothing. Those experiences are actual physical things, electromagnetic light waves and auditory sound waves. And we process that through our thinking, feeling, choosing mind. And we push that to our mind, which is all around and through our body. And we push that to our brain and we build that experience into our brain as a physical thought. So thoughts are real things that occupy mental real estate. So for example, and this is what really prompted this podcast, was a question that I was asked that how is, is one way of dealing with the pandemic just to try and forget it? In fact, we've had a few questions related to that, the trauma of the pandemic or the trauma of the past. Can we just forget things? We can't just forget things. We never actually do just forget or push it away. You can't, it's always there because it's real. And what we have to do once we've experienced something is it's always there in our brain as a physical thought. So what we need to do is we need to manage it. We need to make it work for us and not against us. Otherwise, we will literally drive ourselves crazy. You see, every experience, as I've said, becomes a thought in your brain. And if it's a toxic experience, it becomes a toxic thought. So you've seen me hold up these trees before. But I mean, this just explains the whole thing. Here's the healthy thought and here's the toxic thought. So toxic thoughts are real things. We build these with our mind. You're doing it right now. You're building my words into your brain as roots around the thought tree. The thought tree that you're building today is that forgetting doesn't fix anything. So that's the name of the tree. Like you get an apple tree and a pear tree and a peach tree and a and a fir tree, this tree that you're building now, this podcast is forgetting doesn't fix anything. So as I'm giving you the information, those are the root memories that you are building. So you are thinking, feeling, and choosing about what I'm saying, that's your mind, pushing that energy through your brain, and then your mind and brain together are making little proteins, and those proteins are holding this information as vibrations in these roots. And as I give you more information, you grow more roots and more roots and more roots and more roots. And by the end of this conversation or this podcast, you would have grown maybe 500 or 1,000 roots, which is the information that I've given you, the concepts that I've given you, or 200 or however many. And at the same time, as soon as you grow the roots, which is the source, which is me talking, you're going to grow the little tree trunk. And the tree trunk is your perspective. So how you see this information, because you, you are unique. You, you think in your own unique way. You think, feel, and choose in your own unique way. So you're all hearing, everyone listening to this podcast is hearing the same information, but they are applying it in their own unique way. So the, the branches are your interpretation of what you're hearing. It's your thoughts, feelings, and choices around what I'm saying. So I'm telling you that forgetting is not an option. And then your thing is you immediately maybe applying and saying, oh gosh, 
I actually thought I could just, you know, forget about that or suppress that or push that away. In other words, you are interpreting what I am telling you and that's what you are building over here. So everything we respond to becomes these physical thoughts. And then this is what we use and how we show up. So maybe after this podcast, you'll go to a friend or a loved one or someone in your family or someone and you talk about, hey guys, you know what? You can't just forget. Forgetting doesn't fix something. We have to do something about it. We have to, in other words, you'll talk about this. You'll you will apply this information and it's coming from the source, the information, the experience, me talking, your interpretation, and then this whole thing shows up in what you say and what you do. Okay, so now let's take something like COVID-19, the pandemic, and how that's changed our lives and the isolation and the loss of loved ones and the grief and the uncertainty and the financial issues and just the major changes and the increase in depression and anxiety where people are and it's not mental illnesses, as you've heard me say before, but we are in an adverse situation. The pandemic is an adverse situation and it's creating adverse responses. So that's not just some thing out there that isn't, a, it's not just some, what is this? It's, it's an experience. This whole pandemic, the whole COVID virus, everything around it, that is all this. Here's the tree. This is the toxic tree. This is the pen. It's called the COVID-19 pandemic or pandemic, whatever you've called it. I'm going to call this the COVID-19 pandemic toxic thought. And everything in the root section is everything that you have experienced. So right from the beginning, when we when we started hearing about the, the people dying from, from a pandemic starting overseas and then basically coming to this country, and as we get more and more information down to lockdowns, down to the deaths increasing and all the images of people dying in hospitals and then maybe how it impacted yourself and, and the isolation and the lockdowns and the and all this experience 12 months later, each experience, I mean, there's a lot over here. There's probably 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, if not more, roots in this source over here. And then this is your interpretation and how you think, feel and choose and how you've interpreted this in your life and then how it's showing up in your life. And so this is real. This is made of proteins. This is as real as the COVID virus. Okay, so I'm going to say that again, because when you get this, you suddenly see this thing differently. And you'll see why I'm saying forgetting doesn't help. And we've actually got to do something with these thoughts. Okay, is that we understand that if someone has the COVID virus in their body, that the immune system, and here's my little model of the brain and the body, when something physically gets into the body like, a, like the COVID virus or any kind of virus, the immune system of the brain and the body immediately respond because that virus is threatening your survival. So it sends out the soldiers, the B lymphocytes and T lymphocytes and macrophages and so on. So there's an inflammatory response in the body. There's a fighting response trying to get rid of that COVID virus. And then all those things happen that, we, that then your body's trying to fight it and so on. So in the same way that your brain and body recognize the COVID virus is a toxic issue. Our brain and body also recognize a toxic thought in the same way. It, the COVID virus is made of proteins and various different other factors, but there's certain protein spikes, et cetera. It's got the whole structure. This is made of proteins as well. Thoughts are made. This your toxic tree of COVID, your experiences of COVID, your children's experiences, your loved ones, your friends, humanity's experience. We've got these built into our brain. Now, these are there. They're physical. They are not going away. Unless you do something like we need the medications to destroy the virus in our body and we need the vaccination to create the immune response that can fight that virus and get rid of it. We also need to have that same principle operating 
when we deal with the emotional side of the thought impact, the mental health impact of COVID or the, or the pandemic on our lives. It's a real thing. See it as a real thing in your body. So we've had this adverse experience and we're responding in these adverse ways. So there is increased depression. There's increased anxiety. There's increased trepidation. There's increased frustration. There's increased worry, panic attacks. These are all very normal reactions to adverse circumstances. And if we don't manage them, they can go to the extreme, like people committing suicide, like people being desperate in isolation that they, they might, they're having psychotic breaks, etc., etc., because our minds are being so challenged by the situation that our minds are battling to deal with this, this information and building these toxic thoughts into the brain and the mind-brain interaction, the mind being the processor and the brain being the storage place of the thoughts is in combination are responding to the situation. And if we are told that that's a mental disease, that's a brain disease, that doesn't give us a solution. That just makes it worse. So the message that we're getting a lot in terms of mental health and the pandemic is that, oh gosh, that this is an increase in mental health issues. These are basically natural responses to adverse circumstances. So yes, there is an increase if people are battling with depression and anxiety, but it doesn't mean it's a mental illness. So take away the words mental illness and put in the words, replace the words with responses or warning signals, coping mechanisms of an adverse experience. So here is the COVID adverse experience, the pandemic at all of and in all of its root details. This thought tree is made of root memories, which is the experiences and the, the branch memories, which is how it's affected you, how this has affected you and played out into your life. And this is producing the warning signals of depression, anxiety, panic. This doesn't mean you have a brain disease. This means that you are responding, you are reacting to the situation. You are reacting to the situation and that's normal. Your mental health is and should be a priority. I learned this from my friend, Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a renowned psychiatrist, neuroscientist and founder of Amen Clinics. The Amen Clinics are unique because they use a comprehensive and holistic approach, including brain spect imaging, to treat mental health issues. I visited an Amen Clinic and seen Dr. Amen in action, and I was able to see for myself how brain scans show that many mental health conditions, such as ADD, anxiety, and depression, are often not caused by just one thing. That's why giving everyone the same treatment will never work. So you can get a treatment plan that's targeted to your needs. I love that the doctors at Amen Clinics use natural therapies wherever possible. To find out how you can change your brain and change your life, visit amenclinics.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. If you book, you'll get 10% off an evaluation when you use the promo code Dr. Leaf 10 at checkout. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. Everyone's talking about CBD and how amazing and healthy it is, how it's changed their lives, how it helped them find love. Like I'm joking about the last thing, but you never know. Well, I'm a big fan of CBD and do believe it has many beneficial properties, especially for mental and brain health. But it really depends on the quality you get. That's why I love and recommend NED. They produce the highest quality, full-spectrum CBD extracted from organically grown hemp plants, all sourced from an independent farm in Colorado. NED is a wellness brand offering a science-backed and nature-based solution that offers an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. 
And Nate just came out with a new product I am so excited about and love. Their new Magnesium Super Blend Mellow. It's the best way to get more magnesium in your diet. And since magnesium is essential to over 300 essential functions in the human body, like regulating mood, brain function, fatigue, nerve and muscle health, as well as our physical response to stress, it's vital you get enough of the right kind. If you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the Cleaning Up the Mental Mess audience. Go to www.helloned.com forward slash Dr. Leaf or enter Dr. Leaf at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash Dr. Leaf to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. So what do we do? Do we just try and forget it? Do we just try and push it away and pretend it didn't happen? Should we just try and numb it with drugs? None of that's going to help. That's like going into a garden where you've got tons of weeds. And instead of pulling the weeds out by the roots, you simply chop the heads of the weeds off. What's going to happen? The weeds are going to grow back. That doesn't help you. The problem is still there. What we have to do is we have to actually face this issue and be a thought detective and analyze this and walk it through in a very systematic way, in a very mind-brain integrated systematic way. And in doing that, we can then deconstruct this and reconstruct it into something that is more manageable for us. Okay, so that's where the neurocycle comes in, which is the system that I've developed for how we get our mind managed. If we just try and suppress this and push it down, you may not see it, it's now hidden, but it's still there. And it's still getting information added to it daily because every day we hear something more about the pandemic. So it pops up every day and every day it pops up, we add some more to it. Whatever you think about the most is growing. So this thing's growing. So even though you're pushing it down and trying to forget it, it's still there. We have to literally pull this thing out, upend it, take these roots so that when, when a plant is up, when a weed is upended and pulled out by the roots, it's going to die. And in this case, energy, the energy from this will then be transferred into what? Into a reconceptualized version of the thought, seeing it in a different way. So this is the pandemic. There is the situation. But how in, in talking about I feel depressed because of, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is why I feel like this, you then allow yourself to accept it. You allow yourself to face all this trauma and to process it and understand that I feel like this because of, which is very different to thinking, oh, I've got depression, I've got a mental disease, I've got depression. That's just such an isolated, finite, hopeless thing. But you don't have that. You are not depression. You are depressed because of. So here is just, I'm depression and there's nothing I can do. And I just have to take medication. Last year, there were so many people medicated that in summer of 2020, they had run out of, of, of some of the antidepressants because so many people were put onto antidepressants. But that's not the way to deal with something. What we needed to be doing is coming together and having community discussions. And I know we couldn't face, physically do them face to face, but over Zoom and through churches and through organizations and in families, we should have had so much media helping us to how do we process and talk through this, not just 
the problem, the problem, the problem, but helping people understand that this problem will make you feel like this. How can we make this work for you in your life? How can we help you deal with that? How can we help each other? And as you talk, you come to solutions, not just try and push it down and shove it away. We have to change how we view the situation. So for example, you're working at home with your whole family and you're living at home and you're with each other 24-7. What boundaries, and that can be, and that in itself can become very toxic. So that would be a toxic branch over here because you're now forced into, uh, into all living together and working together. And you then have to work, that can become very toxic. So how can you now work on this toxic situation at home and turn it into this? You can reconceptualize and work out, okay, what boundaries can we put in place? When is work time? When is relaxation time? When is, where is the workplace in the house? Where is the relaxation place in the house? It's making very fixed decisions about how you can see it differently, how you can reconceptualize it, allowing everyone to say, I feel so sad today because I couldn't see anyone. I feel so sad because I'm so scared about the future. And then maybe sitting together and talking about, yeah, it is scary. We don't know what the future is, but let's look back at history and let's see, let's look at the context of history and see how we got through the Spanish flu and how we got through this flu. So it's those discussions that enable us. We got through World War One. We got through this crisis. Or in your own life, bring it down to a personal level. Reconceptualizing is taking, is taking, I feel depressed because of, and those are the roots. How can I see this differently? How can I interpret this in another way? Instead of saying, this is the end of the world, I've got no hope. Is this the end of the world? We got through this before. What could we do with this? How can I talk to someone to maybe get another perspective? What could be another way of looking at this? What else could I do? And sometimes we need someone else to help us do that. In fact, not sometimes. We always need to connect with each other. We need these deep, meaningful connections to talk these things through with each other. But pushing it down and trying to just forget it is going to grow it. It's going to get worse. And this, like the COVID virus, if it just stays there, it gets worse and worse. This just gets worse and worse, and you're getting you're going to get this immune response in your body, which will then affect all the systems of your body. I showed in my research that right down to the level of your of your cell, cellular health, your DNA, your telomeres on your DNA, which tell us which are a proxy for how we're managing our mind. If we just keep these and, and just keep suppressing them and, and, and pushing them away and not talking them through and acknowledging, I feel sad because of, and this is what's happened and it makes me feel sad and. I have a reason to feel sad and that's a that's a genuine adverse circumstances and and it's awful and and I want to cry and, and and embrace that emotion. Now, how can I move forward? What are my next steps? Phone someone. How can I do this? Can you help me? Can you just talk this through with me? That's what we need to be sharing. You know, an interesting study came out where they showed that the older generation are battling with the isolation because they're not so technologically able to you know, to get on Zoom technology and to you know really connect, whatever. Whereas the youngest, younger generation are much more advanced technologically wise, so they've overcome a, a, to a large extent that the isolation through technology. But the younger generation are actually more depressed than the older generation because even though the older generation are more isolated, they have more context. They're thinking back, okay, this too shall pass. We got through this, we got through that. So they're drawing on their history of previous memories of what they had gone through to help them reconceptualize the current situation. So here, and I listen to this, if we could have discussions where the older generation can bring their contextualized view of life and talk about that to the younger generation, and the younger generation could help the older generation with technology and overcome the isolation component, you would have a mixing of the ages and a way of actually helping alleviate depression. 
because isolation in both cases, two different types of isolation, one because of not having the technology, one because of not having the hope of a future, can be managed through discussion. So you could have a group of people together, the older and younger generation, all on Zoom technology or whatever technology and discussing. And the older generation could, each person could go around the room and say, okay, I feel like this. These are my emotional warning signals. This is how I'm feeling in my emotions. This is how my body's feeling. This, these are my behaviors. These are my, this my perspective. And if I look down, this is because this is my experience of because of these and these and these, these and these and these issues in COVID. And each person goes around the room sharing that. You're sharing your experiences. You're getting it out. Just by getting it out, you are taking this from this strong position in the non-conscious where you're pushing it down and trying to suppress it, where it's actually getting stronger. You're bringing it up into the light where you're talking about it and you're analyzing it. You're being a thought detective. You're looking, going from your gathering awareness of the different emotional and physical and behavioral warning signals and reflecting on those and writing it down and sharing your ideas and analyzing it, looking at the patterns, looking at it for antidotes, working out little actions that you can take. That's the neurocycle. Each person doing that together in a group, you can then learn from each other. And, oh, that's a great idea. I could do that. And yes, I'm feeling like that. And you sharing, you getting it out. Neuroscience shows that when we bring something that have into from the dark into the light, in other words, when we become aware of something and we start really then gathering, not just mindful, but gathering away from mindfulness to gathering awareness and then reflecting and writing and rechecking and active reach. When we go through this very, very systematic mind process, we are weakening these bonds. We are changing these. You're making them this has become malleable. We can take this energy and we can start saying, okay, well, I'm not the only one who feels like this. I don't, I'm not crazy. This is just, we're all feeling like this. I'm not alone in my isolation. I'm not alone in my depression. I don't have a brain disease. I'm just battling to deal with these things. And wow, that person's got such a great idea. And you know what? It's so much easier to give advice to someone else. So someone could be sharing their story and someone else in the group could say, wow, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. And then that compassion and that kindness is pouring so much love energy that this gets even weaker and you can start reconceptualizing it into this healthy tree. And then those, then that person can also maybe say, well, maybe you could try this. I tried this. And then you share ideas. And those are the active reaches, things that you could do. And that is a way of us managing as opposed to just shoving it down and taking a drug and trying to forget that. That's not going to happen. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee, which I drink every morning for my mental and brain health. Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee is real, organic, fair trade, single origin Arabica coffee with lion's mane mushroom for productivity and chaga mushroom for immune support. Now, that is something to get out of bed for in the morning. I've been starting my day with Four Sigmatic's ground mushroom coffee with lion's mane instead of regular coffee. And I love how it helps me focus so I can get things done and has really helped me clean up my mental mess. Now, you're probably thinking, does this coffee taste like mushrooms? I can guarantee it tastes just like coffee you love. It brews dark and nutty and tastes incredible. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee, but this is just for cleaning up the mental mess listeners. Get up to 40% off plus free shipping on mushroom coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. This offer is only for cleaning up the mental mess listeners and is not available on their regular website. 
you'll save up to 40% and get free shipping. So go right now to foursigmatic.com slash drleaf and fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. The link and details will be in the show notes. Going to doctor appointments are one of those necessary but so annoying things that we just have to do. A friend of mine recently suggested I check out Plush Care and wow, what a game changer. Plush Care's primary care physicians are here for you seven days a week to help you start feeling better as soon as possible. In addition to handling ongoing and urgent care, they also treat a wide range of common mental health issues like anxiety, depression, stress, or even trouble sleeping. So if you're feeling down, worried, or not like yourself, you can book a same-day appointment and see a plush care doctor right from the comfort of your home using your phone or computer. They'll discuss treatment options with you and have your prescription sent to your local pharmacy as needed. Plush Care accepts most major insurance carriers and is available in all 50 states. Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. Start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash drleaf to start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash drleaf for a 30-day free trial. plushcare.com slash drleaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. Now, in the midst of all of that, I want to give you a couple of little techniques that you can do when you're really, really feeling overwhelmed, that you just want to forget something, that something in the moment is just too much to handle. So let's say that there's just another crisis that's happened. And I have so many medical professionals that reach out to me and they're under so much pressure on the front line and dealing with you know illness daily. And yes, things are improving, but there's the after effect of having worked those long hours and the physical exhaustion and the mental exhaustion of seeing people in pain and people dying away from their families. I mean, this is a lot of terrible, terrible pressure, which would make you feel depressed. We need to have doctors and nurses and people that are dealing with us in groups, talking, analyzing, systematically going through this process, sharing, helping each other to just to talk about it, just to let it out gives you more control. But suppressing it makes it stronger and it controls you. You want to get that out. So it's really important that you Use the neurocycle system to be able to help you get it out. And that's in the book, in the in this book, the second part of this book, I teach you about the neurocycle and I'm always talking about it. So if you just follow me and listen to me, you're going to learn how to do the neurocycle, which is basically how you systematically get that mind, the wise mind, controlling the messy mind and deconstructing and reconstructing these into these that don't threaten your survival, that don't make you feel overwhelmed, that you'll still feel the sadness and the depression, but it's manageable. And you do that in connection with each other. And that's so important to, to do it on your own because you're with yourself all the time. But to also have periods where you interact with others with little group sessions or counseling or online groups, the way that I've described, talking to your loved ones in the family, allowing space for, for if you're having a day where in your family where you're feeling down, that you, that you have that, that you give the space and say, hey, I notice that you're really having a, a day that you just like you said today. What do you need? Do you want to just tell me how you feel? And then just let them sit down and talk about it. And what are your emotional warning signals? What are your physical warning signals? What are your behavioral warning signals? Why do you think you feel like that? Ask, answer, discuss. Let's write that down. Let's look for the pattern. Let's recheck it. Let's see if we can find an antidote. Let's get a little action that you can do to make you feel better today. I mean, just that process has really weakened this one's, this hold over you. These make you feel terrible when they're controlling you, these toxic thoughts. But when you bring them into the awareness and you start reprocessing them and reconceptualizing them through the neurocycle into these, there's still sadness in here. Look at this, look at this plant. 
There's dark and there's light. The dark is how you want to be, where you find that peace to reconceptualize. And then this is the sadness. I lost this loved one, but this is how I'm going to cope. I've lost this financial, but this is how I'm going to cope. As opposed to, oh, it's the end of the world and this toxicity controlling you. This is a very toxic pattern in the mind and the brain. So we need to grab it and change it into something healthy. It's not going to work just to shove it down. Now, last thing I'm going to share with you is that let's say that you have a moment where things are just very, very overwhelming or that you're in, you're in that moment or you're sitting with a loved one or you're a medical professional and you're sitting with someone in a medical situation or whatever situation where just in that moment you just can't do this full analyzing in that moment. So what you can create is what I call a temporary distraction just to cope in the moment. And there what you can imagine is you can take this issue and maybe just label it, just say, it's just too much for me, this whole thing that's going on. I just don't have the energy to process it at the moment. And that's totally okay because we have got limited energy. At some point, you'll come and do that. But in that moment, what you can do is use the box method. You can temporarily put this mentally, imagine putting it in a box and that box can be, however, it can be a box that you zip up. It can be a box that has a little lock and a padlock. It can be whatever you want, a little click box. But you imagine taking that issue and putting it in the box, either on your own or helping someone do it or someone's helping you. So let's put that in the box. Let's put that whole situation in the box. How you feel, just put it in the box. Just for now, let's close it and let's put the box aside. We will come back to that later today or tomorrow. And you create some distance from it and then you distract and do something else. Watch a movie, go for a walk, talk about something else just so that you can get the neurochemical chaos in your brain under control, that you can get the two sides of the brain working together because there would have been a lot of incoherence happening from that anxiety and that, and that depression and that stress. You want to get the blood flow and the oxygen increasing in your brain so that you can be a responder, not a reactor. You want to get your, the different parts of your brain, like the hippocampus and the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex working together to be able to give you cognitive flexibility. You want to have your, the parietal and the temporal cortex is calming down and working and, and, and firing up in the right way so that, that the worry reduces and that wise wisdom increases. And the box method, and then saying to yourself later, you'll come back and do a neurocycle, will do all of that. And when you do all of that, your body will feel better. You'll change the whole energy flow through your body. You'll change all the neurophysiology through your brain and your body, and you'll feel so much more resilient and more able to cope. Another thing you can do as well is if you don't like the box method, or you can just alternate between these, is you can imagine a huge big building. And in that building, there's all these windows, and these windows are sealed. You can't get into the window, and what's in the window can't get out. So you're totally safe, and you are on the outside of this building. And the issue that you're dealing with, this toxic issue, whatever the specifics are, because this this could be the big COVID thing, because it, but it can have lots of maybe branches coming out from it or this you could be dealing with just this section or whatever and maybe you're just focusing on this section. Now imagine that in the window. Put it in the window and you're standing back and you're observing the situation. So you're creating, through this visualization, you're creating distance between you and the situation. And you're not alone, you're safe. Someone you're surrounded by love. You can even hug yourself. It could be someone that's with you and you visualize it together and they put their arm around you so you feel that physical but it's in that window and either you in that moment can stand outside and do your neurocycle looking at it in the window or you can put it just a temporary close the blind and say, I can't deal with that now. A red blind, it means that I'm not going to deal with it now, but I'm going to come back and deal with it later. 
So you know that you've got to deal with it, but you're not going to deal with it till later. You're going to give yourself some temporary time to get closure, compartmentalize, put it behind that building window. And then you can, when you're ready, you come and open the blind and you do your neurocycle. Once again, staying outside the window and changing that scenario inside there into one that you can manage. And that, that you, that's what re- reconstructing. It's like if you build a new house, you, got, you buy an ugly old house and you knock it down. But before you do, you take lots of photos and things of it and it's all the ugly parts and mold and whatever. And you bash the house down and you build a beautiful new house. You still remember how the old one was, but you, when you've got the photos and things, but you are now living in the new space. And that's what we're doing with reconceptualizing. It doesn't mean your story goes away. You can't ever forget, but you are changing how it's going to play out in your present and into your future. And that doesn't a quick fix. I mean, it does take time to do this, but you can't just forget. Forgetting doesn't fix anything. Okay, so I think I've covered everything here. We must, so basically in conclusion, we must learn how to embrace, process and reconceptualize Thoughts that have already become enmeshed in the networks of our mind as trauma and negative thinking patterns. We've got to embrace, process, and reconceptualize them. That's what I'm saying. We can't just forget them. They're not going to go away. By pretending they're not there or suppressing, they are still there. They are working, creating a susceptibility or a vulnerability in your brain and your body for disease and for mind issues and so on. And so they have to be dealt with. At some point, they will explode like a volcano if you don't deal with them. So forgetting doesn't push it away. It's a volcano waiting to explode. Okay. We can also get ourselves, I just want to mention this, into serious cycles of rumination and worry if we refuse to face our issues head on. And as I said, you may not be ready to face it right now. And sometimes if you say, okay, this is what's going on, I'm going to face it and I'm going to give myself a little bit of space. We see from the research that by doing the box method and the window method, that kind of thing, you can find that the, the impact of the emotions of that can reduce by up to 95%. So when you do deal with it, it's so much easier to deal with it when you've created that space. And a lot of what you were worrying about, we get less when you create that space. So it's always good to judge your energy level. So I'm not saying suppress, I'm saying that face and embrace and then work, if you can work on it immediately with a neurocycle, do it. Otherwise do the box window or the box or the windows and then deal with it later. But the thing is, if you just keep suppressing, you are going to ruminate and worry. You're going to go round and round and round the hamster wheel. That the thought will just, it's like this hovering anxiety. It's there and it pops up and you shove it down and it pops up and it shoves down. And then these things are insidious. They have a, a nasty habit of, of growing roots into other things and affecting suddenly everything is being seen through this view. And suddenly everything just looks terrible and hopeless. And so they become pervasive. So in other words, as I said there, we can get ourselves into serious cycles of rumination and worry if we refuse to face our issues head on and we won't progress forward. So we have to face our issues head on. We cannot just forget. Going around and around and around and never making any progress leads to anxiety. So trying to forget will then lead to patterns of rumination and that will increasing anxiety and panic attacks and just feeling physically awful and feeling completely overwhelmed and burnout and just going down that road. You can stop that through the neurocycle, through embracing, processing, and reconceptualizing. Okay, so going around and around, never making any progress leads to loads of anxiety. If we don't transform our pain, now listen to this, and this is pretty much my concluding statement, okay? If we don't transform our pain through reconceptualization, we will transmit the pain. Okay, so if you just try and forget that trauma of COVID-19 or whatever trauma it is that you're going through, the pandemic, 
the issues in the pandemic or the issues prior to the pandemic, whatever's happened in your life, this doesn't just apply to the what's going on in the pandemic. This is trauma in general. If you just keep on suppressing it, eventually what you don't face, see what I've said there? Basically, if we don't transform our pain, okay, if we don't embrace process and reconceptualize, if we don't transform our pain into the reconceptualized version through the neurocycle, what we don't transform, we will transmit. So it's going to come out in how we behave, in our relationships, in our work life. It's that insidious impact that this starts having on everything. And we will see life through this. And this is what we will then transmit. And it can then take over our thinking and our relationships. We need to reflect on on the experiences we are going through in such a way that we accept that even though we may not be able to make sense of them, guys, there's so much we cannot make sense of. That's where we've got to talk to each other. There's so much we just, we're not just not going to get answers on. But it doesn't mean you shove it down. It means that you talk it through. And maybe that's the, what you have to get to. I can even make sense of this. But I understand now that I feel like this because of this. I can't make full sense of it, but I can get to a point of acceptance, accepting that I can't understand why this person did this or why this has happened in my life. It's that acceptance. We need to get to that point. We need to reflect on the experiences we are going through in such a way that we accept that even though we may not be able to make sense of them, we can still deal with them and move forward. You can't move forward with these dominating. You can't move forward with these suppressed, but you can move forward when you take these and you reconceptualize them into these. As I always say, and I say this in, in my book, and I say it often, okay, I actually, this is a statement from my book. In fact, a lot of this that I've just said is directly from this book, okay? So in, this is in conclusion, as I always say, it is in the breakdown, when we break down that depression, that anxiety, that meltdown, that burnout, that I can't go on. It's in that breakdown that we can break down. So break down one word. It's in that breakdown that we can then face this and then we can start breaking it down, being that thought detective to analyze this and transform this into something that we can deal with. So it's in the breakdown that we break down toxic thoughts and trauma. So in conclusion, again, forgetting doesn't fix anything. It's in the breakdown that we break down toxic thoughts, habits and trauma. So I hope this has helped you. Don't just try and push it down. Always embrace process and reconceptualize. Thanks for joining me today and I look forward to seeing you next week. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf.
This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.